I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wrestle me, Mark. Fuck you, Peter. What is this? Some kind of invasion of bad language and bad behaviour? I've been led astray. (laughs) (laughs) You Eric Bischoff. (laughs) Screw you, Bischoff. Screw you, the man. If you're listening to this, welcome to our cult. Yeah, we're cutting, we're punching upwards. Fuck off. (laughs) Hear that, Tony Blair? Fuck off. Piss off, you! <laughs> uh, we are talking today about uh, ECW One Night Stand mm. 2005. What, what are your first impressions? Cause... My monocle fell into my soup. <laughs> I was so shocked. <laughs> it was really fun, actually. It, it took me back to like the smaller shows that we used to get in the earlier years of WrestleMania. And uh, although there was a lot of bad language, mm. uh, it just seemed a bit more fun and a little less storyline heavy. There were a few. P- um, players I wouldn't mind have heard the story of like I wouldn't mind a bit more storyline certain times but uh, no it was good it was did, a real... did you find it in the main very confusing yes because it was like like a bizarro world it looked like you know when you said that you had a schoolyard full of kids pretending to be wrestlers and they'd made their own characters <laughs> yeah that's what I, that's what it reminded me of it was just like I've never seen these people before I don't know what their backstory is Who's the who's the blue world order? All this shit, <laughs> all this blabbering shit that I'm yeah. confused about. But um, yeah, I'm hoping you're going to tell me. Well, you're quite frank, Mark. You're absolutely right. I mean, it is that, like that thing of if you had six hundred pounds and <laughs> someone said, "Look, we've got a venue. Can you get wrestlers together?" And you went, "Do you know what? There's a way of me doing this where I can keep five hundred pounds and I'll spend a hundred pounds on on getting some blokes and they'll yeah. do a good enough job." Yeah. And it was slightly like that. It really was like that. <laughs> but there was. <laughs> this odd thing where ECW <laughs> became quite, you know, it became a, a real cult. Mm. Uh, not even, not even a quite about it. It became a massive, massive, important key part of wrestling yeah. in the nineties. Right, and really, it's it's the effects that it that it left behind. Mm. Uh, they can still be seen today, and they're still quite badly missed by a lot of people. Mm. Um, basic story of ECW, uh, it starts up in the early 90s uh, under a guy called uh, Todd Gordon. It's part of the NWA, and uh, to- they bring in Paul E. Dangerously mm. from WCW, Paul Heyman, right. who is, becomes the creative booker. Mm. And he's a very, very great 
wrestling mind. He's he's just got it. He understands what crowds want to see because he is a huge fan himself. Yeah. And what he'd noticed is the WWF and the WWE, they weren't really catering in the early 90s for the more adult fan, the people mm. who had watched wrestling when they were younger and they wanted to continue doing so. Well, you couldn't really do that in the WWE of like 1993 and 94. It was all clowns and uh, male men and <laughs> human fish. Um, and uh, WCW was always sort of, you know, slightly struggling to actually connect with an audience. Mm. And so what he did was he took this small organisation and he just, with a sort of messianic zeal, began promoting the wrestling he thought that people wanted to see. Right. Older people. And he hit into a fan base that weren't being catered for at that time. And what ended up happening is that ECW, it was always the number three promotion. It never had a great deal of financial backing. And it indeed, really, money troubles were the thing that polished it off. But it became the number three organisation in the USA. Yeah. It was a, a, the little engine that could. Mm. That's the sort of thing you, you read in, like, American things when they talk yeah, about yeah. ECW. And I think I don't think that's a book we had over no, here. No, I don't know. The little engine that put two fingers up to the man. Exactly. <laughs> it was, and yeah. took a woman's top off. It, it was the Gruffalo, but very different. <laughs> um, and sometimes really horrible and violent. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it brought in a sort of sense <laughs> of wrestling being a darker, far more violent, mm. much more exciting, and just sort of anything could happen. That mm. was something that, that I think is really underestimated with ECW, is that it brought in a sense of you never knew what was going to happen next. Yeah. They were obsessed with impromptu matches. They were obsessed with big sort of surprises at the end of uh, a, a long match that would make the crowd actually pop rather than go, oh, God, there's interference. Yeah. Um, and you can really go back and watch their stuff. Not all of it's dated as well as this pay-per-view. Right. Um, this pay-per-view is, is uh, again, a fascinatingly, if you like dull stuff, uh, set of circumstances as to how it came about. Right. So ECW, um, the first real mention of it on, in WWE is, I think, in about 1995 at the King of the Ring, where there is a terrible match going on between... Mabel, who's a, a great big fat wrestler, who later became um, Big Daddy V and Viscera, right, and okay. Savio Vega. And it's it's just appalling. And the crowd <laughs> begin quite angrily chanting, ECW, ECW. Mm. Over the years, that chant has become known as EC-dub, because the way that people shout it, EC-dub, EC-dub, <laughs> it, it tends to be more like that. And there was a sense of, there was something underground with ECW mm. that actually even Vince McMahon sat up and noticed and he uh, began a working relationship with Paul Heyman they used to pay him I think a thousand dollars a week or a month to act as a consultant and basically it was just keeping their hand in yeah. it gave them first dibs on the talent over WCW so they have this long working relationship EC, uh, 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 ECW ends up on uh, TNN, gets TV, starts doing well. It never really pays for itself. And ultimately, uh, when they lose the TV after three years, they sort of realise there's no way for this to keep going. Mm. Uh, they can't find another another TV station. And they wind up in bankruptcy. I think they owe something like $8.8 .8 million. Right. And that's to the wrestlers, but it's also to all the, the people who have supplied them. Mm. So uh, what happens is WWE step in, and after ECW has gone bankrupt, um, they they purchase ECW. So in 2001, when it shut, they have the Invasion pay-per-view where they bring in ECW. Yes. Uh, but at that point, I don't think they own the rights to the name ECW. It's only they <laughs> right. buy it when the bankruptcy thing finishes. They actually sort of purchase everything uh, that remains of the com company. What's sort of interesting is they seem to have just paid off the debts and then they've got access to the video library and all the trademarks mm. and things like that. So it seemed like a very cheap way of doing it. But what they have suddenly in 2005 is they have the ECW 
ECW library. Yeah. And they begin to reintroduce ECW, and it culminates with this uh, pay-per-view. So they've done a couple of books, and they've done a really well-received DVD about the history of this small organisation. And now they're going, okay, can we monetize it going forward? Um, Rob Van Dam, who was a big part of ECW, he approached Vincent Mann and said, look, you've got a lot of people from ECW and now in the WWE. We still hear the fans chanting ECW when we come out. Why Mm. don't we do a one-off pay-per-view? ECW, sure. Where we put it back on and have a reunion. Uh, And that's exactly what happened. Um, (laughs) Credit to WWE. What what I found fascinating about this is they made the decision to try and keep it close to its roots. So they have this event (laughs) take place in uh, the Hammerstein Ballroom, Mm. a venue that ECW had used for a couple of pay-per-views. Right. Totally different from anything they've done in years. Oh, it's tiny and intimate. I really so liked it. I really liked it. it. It felt like, you know, when you see like um, wrestling in, in London or something, and it's like in quite a big place, but mm. like obviously it's a lot bigger because there's like loads of sections going up and stuff, and there's the balcony and stuff. It almost, it almost seems regal. Yeah. I quite enjoyed it. And what's, what's amazing about it is you suddenly realise with this pay per view, it's not really about the matches that mm. happen, it's about the spoken bits and as a sort of knock-on from that. What it's about is it's about the crowd who are there. It's about the audience. Mm. And this is one of the great audiences in any wrestling show. They are so exciting. And that building, it's all lit up. You can see them all. They're on top of each other. They all... I mean, they are a different wrestling crowd from the ones that we've seen up till now. Yeah. Uh, They all look like the men that you get in, like, gangbang videos (laughs) in (laughs) pornography. Whenever it cuts to them, they're always sort of like... (laughs) 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 The older ones look like Rodney Day. Field, and the younger ones, <laughs> you're right, just look like, um, you know, yeah. German Googles. <laughs> German Googles guys. The, the German Google guys. The German Google guys. The German Google guys. Um, <laughs> Which is something I, I'm not sure I should know about, but I remember reading a blog about the German Googles, and it's always stuck with me. I, I remember. Show. I remember the Financial Times in an interesting <laughs> article about the German Googles. <laughs> and specifically the guys. <laughs> the Google the Google dolls. The Google dolls. <laughs> They're an entirely different thing. <laughs> I, I must let, let make it clear, I do not like the Google dolls. <laughs> I the Googles. Want, I wouldn't want the two to be mixed no, up. No, I'd horse down either. <laughs> so covered in Google. <laughs> <laughs> You've really got into the ECW spirit, haven't you? <laughs> you gonna, I you, really have. We, we actually we're getting into the spirit of it by having a beer. Yeah, um, we've not had a beer in a little while. Yeah. Oh, an organic Czech lager. But where did you get the? Where did you shoplift these? Were these like when you go and buy a bottle of vodka, they give you two little <laughs> from a posh booze shop? They'll give you. A little, a little I, I went to the booze shop opposite your house, mm. where they they look down on beer so badly there because they all sell like bottles of beer uh, bottles of like spirits and yeah. things and, and they go in there and there's one little fridge at the side and it with has some random freebies that they've got from a supplier about nine like <laughs> beers in it and, and, and there's always a different one like I've never seen this one before mm. they're always really nice and they're always like 80 pence a pound a, a, pa- a pound for a bottle of beer <laughs> in the centre of London I know I, I mean I, don't, I, don't, I know it's not a key part of their business <laughs> but honestly it's like a life hack hey mate you're looking for a one pound beer in the middle of London <laughs> Uh, it's it's uh, called Jerry's. It's absolutely fantastic. You go really two doors down to. to the off door, and they say you can, you can't buy. They can only sell you three pound bottles per you know per bottle of beer. Uh-huh. Three pound bottle, and they will never they will never sell you uh, less than two. No, they've always got to sell them in twos or threes. Apparently, crazy that's a licensing law. No Jerry's, no. Not at Jerry's. If you're going to buy a Crystal Skull Dan Aykroyd vodka, <laughs> you can pop in and get yourself a, a little cheeky. They've got that horrible promotional Ron Jeremy <laughs> yes. outside the the door, which is when Ron Jeremy launched some kind of German Google liquid. <laughs> and 
Uh, It's a really brilliant (laughs) shop, and everyone's like, it's one of the great wine shops you can ever go to, spirits and things. It's got everything under the sun. There's always a guy who's got a little table set out, and he's always got, like, some extra booze that he's (laughs) hawking. Do you like tequila? Not a ten o'clock of the fucking morning, I don't. (laughs) I'm off to a house party. That Ron Jeremy is really clever, because... Most people would see it and go, what a horrible little shop. <laughs> and you go, ah, someone's not in the know. Yeah. yeah the Ron Jeremy Dorman. <laughs> <laughs> My dad was good because he visited me two days before, uh, two days after, rather, uh, Ron Jeremy had visited that shop to sign some of his bottles of his dirty, dirty rum or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> his dirty whiskey. I would not want to touch anything that hand has touched. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. So, is he, uh, I mean... It, it, Ron Jeremy must have been in uh, uh, some kind of fucking WrestleMania. Uh, uh, or honestly, there is, there is an alternative... <laughs> Like a history of ECW with its dealings through porn. Yes. So they they, they had uh, Jenna Jameson, the, right. the, the, the then then the biggest porn star mm. in the world. She was uh, on German Google Girls. So I am not bothered. <laughs> she was <laughs> once briefly like the manager of the Dudley Boys. Really, um, the Blue Meanie, who uh, yes. is now your favourite wrestler. Yeah, I can of course tell. he is. Uh, he was for He's six got a body years. Body type by lust after. I mean. <laughs> not just you. Not just for six years. He was the uh, boyfriend of Jasmine St Clair. Oh, um, I've got a mate called Jane Sinclair George, and she and I sent her uh, a bare naked ladies uh, tribute act called the Jane Sinclairs, mm. and I was like, There's, "Look at this! You could be in this badge one." Well, it's better than the porn star J- Jasmine Saint Clair. Yep. Yeah. Is, is she Weird, bring, I think she might even have been British oh, right, okay. earlier on in her life. Um, there's one fact I, I wrote down about her, which is she is best known for fucking 400 guys in a three-hour video, a record that lasted for a little while before a porn star named Houston fucked 540 guys. It's just, I mean, three hours. That's I don't care how into porn you are. That's too long. <laughs> that's like WrestleMania. This is, I mean, at least this, at least ECW One Night Stand 2005 was under three hours. Yeah, wasn't Thank it? Thank you. Wasn't it? There's, Thank you, Mark, for giving me something I don't have to watch all day. There was also, I mean, there was a real big thing about wrestlers <laughs> and strippers go together. Um, yeah. Like, like... Peaches and cream. <laughs> Germans and googles. <laughs> Germans and googles. <laughs> because <laughs> they work in a, a sort of nighttime industry. They are freelancers. Yes. Freelancers. Like, they're going to be discussing... <laughs> the, uh, a lot of them are no paying tax. Yeah. No paying tax. I've gone over state lines. You can't get me. Can you tell me whether or not you're paying into a decent pension? Because, 401. But they, 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 they're just like good bed mates quite literally and there were lots of, of the uh, the female talent within ECW were also sort of you know working or, or were former strippers so right. it was quite a sexualised environment mm. ECW um, but but not in a wholesome way <laughs> by any means um, yeah. what's really noticeable about this is is they, they tried to recreate the, the feel of the original ECW but yeah. there were a couple of problems along the way so some of the big stars of ECW didn't appear on this pay-per-view. Right. Um, the most notable, probably, is Terry Funk. Yes. And Terry Funk had been working with the WWE over the years. They really, really wanted to get him. Mm. But Shane Douglas, who was the first ECW champion, and uh, a guy who's fallen out with WWE, he decided to host his own um, ECW tribute show, I think pretty much the same weekend, maybe oh two days God. after. Oh, my God. We have to go down, We'll have to get videos it's, and do that. It's, it's actually... It, I think it's slightly better in the ring. <laughs> Homeopathic <laughs> levels of ECW it's attitude. It's called uh, Hardcore Homecoming. And right. uh, it was it was a really good show. <laughs> and uh, Shane Douglas decided to do this because he knew there was no way the WWE mm. were going to invite him onto one of their shows. Right, okay, they yeah. had a huge falling out over him being a character called Dean Douglas uh, with the IC they'd given him the Intercontinental Belt Vince McMahon hated him they had a massive to do mm. uh, Shane McMahon would always slag everyone off in shoot interviews and mm. so there was a sense that those bridges had been burned he's never actually been back 
which mm. is sort of an interesting thing out of everyone. Mm. The two people who never came back are Macho Man Randy Savage and, and Shane dude. Douglas. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Shane Douglas sets up his own one, and Terry Funk says, do you know what, actually, I think that Shane Douglas's one in some ways feels like the more legitimate ECW reunion. Right, So okay. he took a pay cut of about a third to do that one instead. Mm. The other people they didn't get were New Jack, and I believe they negotiated with him, but there was some outstanding legal issue that they weren't happy with, with having been cleared. Would with you New believe? What? Would you believe? New Jack? Um, and they, they couldn't <laughs> use him. And the other person who they couldn't use was Raven. Right. Uh, I think Raven at the time was signed with TNA, which was uh, okay, uh, the yeah. only possible rival at the time. Yeah. Um, so they had this, this, this hardcore homecoming uh, event, which was great. But it mm. tells you in some ways how big ECW was, that you could have these two events pretty much on the same weekend. Mm. And both of them sold out. Both of them, you know, really fondly remembered. And in fact, the hardcore homecoming, they went on to have about five different shows before it petered out mm. a bit. Um, I just can't believe Terry Funk was like, hey, I mean, again, still wrestling and stuff, but also mm. just the fact that, you know, he... he We'll take a pay cut for the for the uh, honesty yep. of a good barbed wire fucking yeah. back to the back. <laughs> well, and even better than that, I mean, even at this point, everyone was like, well, that's a shame because it's probably his last big payday. He'd be back for One Night Stand uh, 2006. <laughs> oh, really? So Magical. he would come back. And actually, he With would... With a carrier bag full of Semtex. I, I would say, <laughs> I haven't seen that match in years, but there's a bit where... You really go, actually, this is it for poor old Terry. You know, you, Terry, Terry, you've served. You don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> but as far as I remember, there's a bit where he tries to do a moonsault. Um, and he's probably at this point, what, you know, 92. <laughs> and he's he's on something. And he and to do a moonsault, it's a backflip. And so, obviously, you have to push off. Mm. And he basically just pushes off, but there's no sense of him trying to rotate his body. <laughs> and he just sort of flops backwards. And I think you can see everyone going, oh, Dear. Oh no! That's a shame. <laughs> it's a shame. Well, like quite early on, they they shot a big um, kind of VT of of, of, of ECW because I have no concept of what ECW is. I mean, mm. I, I realise it's quite extreme stuff like that, but like you know, you've got, it's you've got, literally extreme. You've got, <laughs> you've got Terry Funk hanging a man from his feet. That's right. Yep. Over a doorway in what looks like a sports hall. Yep. That, that's that was a normal pretty much thing. A nightly occurrence. <laughs> <laughs> what I really noticed about this, this they, they, they have these little VTs, the sort of best of packages, yeah. and they don't have one, they have like five, yeah. but every single one of them is as strong as the last one. Oh, it's, can, how many wonderful moments did this thing produce? The, 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 the bit where um, everyone's throwing chairs in. Uh, that that for like, me is, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's the, one of the, it's, it's probably the iconic image of ECW. Yeah. What a magical night that was. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but they, the the fans. I think Terry <laughs> Funk calls for a chair uh, in a match. Uh, uh, I think it's against Cactus Jack. Right. I, 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 this is so easy to Google. So, so please know, feel free to Google Cactus it and, and don't and don't text me. I actually will find it. Was I, I know I'm, I'm probably wrong. Cactus Jack very much knows uh, to get the fuck out oh, of the ring yeah. very quickly. And those the people just start throwing the chairs <laughs> and it gets quite big and then people are just like, oh, so we've all got to just throw our chairs in the ring, and the whole thing goes. What's really funny is there's a bit of the VT where they show Public <laughs> Enemy celebrating, yes. and they bring the crowd into the ring. Oh, my God. That's a and genuine disaster. A genuine <laughs> public health disaster. 
And there are so many people in there jumping up and down. The ring collapses. Of course it does. And it, and it just goes, and everyone's still going, this is still the best thing ever. And I was just thinking, it's amazing that, like, a bit of footage where your fans are celebrating so much that they collapse a ring, you're like, that's not even the image of what we do, because we've got something better. I just Have just... you seen the bit with the chairs? <laughs> what the fuck? This is unbelievable. But, like, the ring bit where it collapses, you're sort of like, somebody must have broken their leg. Yeah, because you know, like those things where you see, like I don't know, it'll be like in 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 some like um, wedding in, in in India or something, and there'll be a shot, and then the whole thing will just go, and yeah. you're like, and three people broke their legs, and yeah. a couple of people died. <laughs> One's got a collapsed lung. Let's remember, this is the 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 federation that put on the infamous mass transit incident. Okay, so oh, there's okay. every Fine. chance about nine people broke their legs, five of them died. <laughs> what will have happened is they will have said, "I think I broke my leg," and someone will go, "If I hear you say that again, I will take you outside." And I will kill you. New Jack is the doctor, and he'll be <laughs> providing this examination. A new Jack, uh, there's three guys who died when the ring collapsed. Would you do us the favour and eat the bodies? <laughs> of course I will. <laughs> oh, so I didn't realise that the mass transit incident was an ACW project. It was indeed. Project. Yes. Wow, yes. I yeah. see now. Yeah, you're beginning I... to get a feel for this horrible that little look, outlaw organisation. really grubby. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I can see why they didn't make any money. What, there's what, a lot of lawsuits floating around. I mean, what is funny is how different this pay-per-view <laughs> feels to like WWE mm. but actually if you watch the original ECW stuff it feels very different from that right, it's yeah. harking at it but it's a nicely presented mm. version of it the old ECW stuff <laughs> the other thing about it is most people saw it through um, videotapes <laughs> through, the, through crossed hands <laughs> crossed fingers <laughs> or, or, or through a television in a court <laughs> <laughs> and they when you saw it on the video it always had that sort of soft VCR mm. yeah, fuzz yeah, yeah. and they, even in the bits that they show in like the uh, the VT best of packages, mm. they're obviously it wasn't recorded onto like fancy equipment. It's recorded through videotape mm. or you know these fuzzy, quite yeah, badly lit rooms. Nobody and kept the masters, and it just <laughs> makes it look like sort of something discovered and that you you know you're not it looks like snuff snuff yes yeah, it just it just looks like snuff German, mass transit German, German Google <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the other thing that, that I mean that, that you really notice quite early on in this is uh, there's a lot of dead wrestlers um, yeah okay right so what you're left with here is a group of men who uh, uh, some of them against the odds have survived what is a a slightly sort of they were they were rough tough men mm. and they liked to party and <laughs> there's a, there's a little bit quite early on where a guy called Pitbull Gary Wolf mm. um he does a little bit which is a very weird gear change as well it's uh, well yeah so like the, yeah so he's like a junkyard dog kind of character kind well, of uh, he was quite, yeah it's hard to explain what they were they were just <laughs> they were a tag team called the Pitbulls right and they wore slightly sort of studded leather um, singlets mm. with um, like choke chains right. and things. And Tom of Finland. Yeah, it is. But a, with more it is a bit GBH. weird. And then uh, uh, Gary Pit- uh, Gary Wolf, Pitbull Gary Wolf. Mm. Uh, he uh, <laughs> does a little bit where he's not on, not wrestling. And right. I don't know whether or not he was injured. He certainly had some horrible neck issues mm. uh, that he got in the course of wrestling. <laughs> One of which is in the the, the VT horrible best neck of. issues. Sounds like an ECW wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> where you see Shane McMahon grabbing the the halo that his neck is screwed into. Oh yes, okay. and shaking it. That 
that is one of the. I, do you know what? I can watch Mass Transit over and over again just to help me go to sleep. I, it's it's a lovely safe place. It's like a lullaby. lullaby. That little clip of seeing just a man grabbing his th- that halo. His... Even the word makes me feel sick. And I, I heard myself say it then. I was like, oh, this is gross. But that yeah. neck medical halo and Shane McMahon is uh, Shane Douglas is, is shaking it, not that hard. And that really Enough upsets to, me as yeah. well because I sort of get the impression <laughs> that he real. knows this is all very delicate <laughs> and this is not a good idea. And he it's sh- dr- isn't oh. that, aren't those things drilled into the bones? Yes. Yeah, so yes. to fix them. So that's why he shakes him and Gary Pitbull Gary <laughs> moves with it. It's not like a sort of great visual. It's just like, oh, God, this is awful. If he didn't know what it was, you'd just go, that looked shit. But when you know it's screwed into his neck bones and, and, and it shouldn't be shaken, the whole thing, oh, that made for a second. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He does this little bit where he, he just sort of says, and it's all weird as a gear change, where he just goes, mm. I'm the pitbull Gary Wolf, and I'd like to introduce uh, a montage of... <laughs> The people who we've lost. <laughs> and there, there are too many people... Oh, it's crazy. ...who have worked for ECW who have died <laughs> like in the last four years. It doesn't... It just doesn't stop. It's like a list of names on a war memorial. These are all and men. the kids cross fire. <laughs> These are all men who are, like, under 50. Apart from they put in the Sheikh, and the Sheikh was about 80 when he died. <laughs> yeah, he's, and he's yeah. slap-bang in the middle, I think in an attempt that you sort of go... Oh, they're all really young. Oh, no, they're actually... There's an old one. <laughs> and then it comes back to the young ones, and you go, yeah, but I'm remembering the old one. They were all young, apart yeah. from the Sheik. Right. Um, the list is Rocco Rock, Terry Gordy, Mike Lockwood, who is better known as Crash Holly, mm. um, the Sheik, Mike Lazansky, Pitbull Anthony Durante, who was the tag team partner of Pitbull Gary Wolf, um, Big Dick Dudley, and Chris Candido. Right, and yeah. There was some, some, a bit of controversy at the time where there were, some big names were left off that list. Mm. People who'd worked in ECW, like Brian Pillman and uh, Ravishing Rick Rude and uh, Louis Spicoli. Hang on, Ravishing Rick Rude dirtied his boots at the ECW, did. did he? Yeah, Do you know, I don't think he actually had a, an in-ring match. He was mm. always on the outside. Oh, manager. Yeah. In his suit. Because he did have neck, uh, a real bad neck problem. Right. Um, Not the place to go, really, ECW. No, no. <laughs> and if you've got one, keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> because Shane Douglas is coming for you. Um, 
but, but the WWE had actually sort of said, well, that, this was just a tribute to the people who had died since ECW shut down in 2001. Right, okay, yeah, Not yeah, the people yeah. who were there before. Right. The other reason for that is um, Rick Rude and Brian Pillman, I think, both died on the WWE's watch when they were there. And right. they yeah. don't like to be associated with the death of young men. No. Um, because, <laughs> I mean, it happens so often, it's almost like it should be investigated. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. A lot times. of people on this roster who uh, who ended up in that lawsuit as well, sort of accusing uh, WWE yeah. of impropriety. Yes, quite a lot of them oh. uh, uh, were signed to WWE mm. in the wake of this because it was such a big success. But a number of them were not, and the ones who were not, by and large, did tend to be the people who brought that uh, class I suit see, action. Right, okay, yeah. um, I'm not. I'm not saying it's it, it bitterness, but I certainly think that there were there were. I mean, it was very difficult to say that some of them had very short stints in WWE where they said we got these concussions mm. and they'd worked at ECW for five years yeah. where their heads had been being caved in mm. on a nightly basis. So it certainly didn't seem like necessarily WWE was to blame for some of that. No, I mean, some of these bumps are obscene in this, in this uh, show. Oh, aren't they? Aren't they? Um, the fans seem to like, in that um, montage, people seem to like Candido. Who's Candido? Yeah, well, what was his? Uh, Chris Candido, was his? He, was, he was a very, very popular third-generation wrestler. Right. Uh, very popular with the wrestlers. He'd grown up with wrestling all his life. But he was hampered by the fact he was... He was very small. I mm. think he was legitimately something like five foot six. Right. And so he was never going to be in the big time. But he was one of those guys who, had he had the size, he would have been a huge star. Mm. The reason they uh, break out actually in the first match into a chant of Chris Candido um, is because he had died relatively recently. Oh. He'd had an operation, I think, on, like on his leg. Oh, that was like a... Um, it was like a... Um Blood clot thing. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah, that's it. And it seems to be. I mean, it's hard to know whether it was related to wrestling or mm. not, or whether it's just simply really unlucky. Um, but Chris Candido, in some ways, is probably most famous as the long-term boyfriend of the uh, the first diva, Sunny. Oh, okay. So all through his uh, her WWF career, he was her her boyfriend. Right. Um, obviously not. Not all the time, because Shawn Michaels was her <laughs> boyfriend a few times, uh, and there were another uh, lots of other rumours. How many times David have you Smith been? And... How many times have you been the husband of your wife? <laughs> <laughs> how many times have you husbanded? <laughs> husbanded. But he was he was a hugely popular, really good talent, a really mm. good talent. And in ECW, he was very very good. Mm. Um, he he just seemed like one of those guys. He was really 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 good on the mic. He was also really good in the ring. Mm. Um, but his death had been relatively recent, right, so okay. there was certainly much more of a sort of raw feeling about that than there were. For you know some of the other guys, I read some notes like CM Punk was really scared of of getting that clot sort of thing. Um, really? Yeah, he was. He was like every time he went under the knife or anything, he's like, oh, I might get a clot, mm-hmm. like Candido. Yeah. Oof. I imagine CM Punk's spending power when it comes to uh, yeah. fixing himself up is a bit better than Candido. Considerably better. Um, th- let's. Should we do the first match? Mm. Just because you know that's supposed to be why we're here. Well, <laughs> well, it all kicks off with our um, commentary cr- crew. I didn't even realise it was Mick Foley until yeah. I found this in because um, Joey Styles comes out. Um, what's his? He look, I think I wrote down if Mike Patton from Faith No More was into anime. <laughs> that's all I've got. That's all I've got on him. He looks like the son of a very sort of middle class Jewish family who has <laughs> got mixed up with the wrong crowd. Um, we mentioned Joey Styles a couple of weeks ago because he, uh, when he had a WWE stint, uh, he uh, once knocked Bradshaw to the floor with one punch right. after he'd been bullied for so long. Oh yes, that rings a bell. That's yeah. him. Right. 
right. Yeah. Um, the problem is we do kind of spend a couple of... We do have a gap of, like, a couple of weeks, maybe three or four weeks. So it's kind of... Oh, I can't remember, because kind of everybody looks... It's starting to look the same a little bit, physically. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's, it, uh, we're slightly entering, and you notice this when, like, the WWE stars come into this. Mm. This is a very bland era mm. for gimmicks and for personas. Mm. No one really gets over, and everyone looks a bit the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I tell you, honestly, after we've done One Night Stand, we're going to have some pretty confusing episodes <laughs> coming up. Uh, the first match is Lance Storm with... Dawn Marie versus Chris mm. Jericho. Um, Dawn Marie uh, had been working as a, as a sort of diva in WWE for a few years. Right. She does nothing in this match because she's pregnant. Oh, um, yeah. And, I mean, not that she... When she not, wasn't pregnant, she did very much. <laughs> no, not that they'd respect anyone, whether they were pregnant or not. <laughs> no, if this, I was a wrestler, I'd pretend that I was pregnant whether it was a boy or a girl. <laughs> this so is a... Someone would sh- shake my neck. <laughs> <laughs> Going around telling everyone The Undertaker's made you pregnant and not expecting <laughs> you're going to get into trouble. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> um, the, 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 uh, this is a really good example of, of slightly one of the problems with this pay-per-view, which was it wasn't WWE, and mm. you get Lance Storm, who's been in WWE for the past, I don't know, four years, and he's done nothing. They haven't used him. You know, he's just disappeared in the shuffle. And because he was an ECW towards the end, they've put him in this match with Chris Jericho, and they have a brilliant match. Everybody loves Lance Storm, mm. and everyone begins going, why on earth aren't they using Lance Storm? Yeah. And that's something you see again and again through this you just go gosh it's really possible for people to get over if you stop giving them crappy scripted stuff yeah. if you just let them go out there and do their thing you don't have to Lance Storm I mean the thing I always used to do with him was they were sort of like we'll give you this gimmick that you're really boring and you're really sort of like everyone's you're dull and that no one wants to hear you speak well why don't you just not do that and let him work out what he wants to do <laughs> and then he might sell some tickets yeah um, and this is a really really good match the two of them had started off in uh, in their early days in like Smoky Mountain Wrestling as a tag team they have a match here Jericho just has his working shoes on he looks great as well mm. looks really sort of sexy and good <laughs> I don't know why he didn't stick with that look for the rest of his career um, <laughs> like but changing it like you said yeah yeah he, he, he will not stop changing it, it makes me very cross <laughs> um, I, th- I think Chris Jericho's wasted his career. And uh, it ends just with a... I mean, it's a, just a good match. There's not much mm. you can say about it other than the crowd are really into it. It's The two of them work really well together. It's a nice opening match, really crisp, really fun. And it ends with a kendo sto- uh, sh- a stick shot from yes. Just Incredible, which is one of the great weapon shots I'm of all time. <laughs> it really whacks them. Um, yeah, the, the kendo sticks, um, it's, it's like bamboo bound up together sort of thing it looks like that's right yeah right. ecw they they popularized really what the, 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 it used to be known as the kendo stick mm. it became known in ecw as the singapore cane right and that was because like in 1994 there was an american student who was done for vandalism of cars in singapore yeah and the crime uh, the actual punishment rather when you were we found guilty of vandalism was to be struck with a a, a cane yeah and the american uh, government got very involved in the case saying we understand that's the way you do it but we don't do it that way here mm. and i think they managed to like negotiate his negotiate beating, his caning down. down from something like 10 to 4 <laughs> and th- th- this guy uh, he he got four uh, cane shots right and then flew back but it was quite a big it was a big like international story i hope he got time. business he won't be able to sit back in his chair <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I believe uh, he, he. I read in, in the course of this, like I read him talking about it happening. He said, and they, they hit him once with it, and then they, they instead of sort of going, "There is your first one," you know, "you naughty boy," they'd go. Okay then, Michael. Um, we've done the first one. We're going to move on to the second one now. Okay, it's going to sting a bit. <laughs> and they go, okay, you're two through. You've only got two more to go. So it's really sort of like, okay, this is being handled we have to, yeah, nicely. Yeah, yeah. And so he's, a, a, a higher power has uh, intervened <laughs> yeah. here. He said he had he had four. Uh, he he had a, a little trickle of blood off the fourth one coming mm. down in the back of his legs, and he said it didn't hurt to sit down more than a day. Right. And then he had four sort of little brown stripes across his bum right. from where it was, and. I believe he, as of like 2008, was a casino manager. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying the fact that you remember all of this. Yeah, but the ECW, <laughs> the, the clever thing that they did was because they were all about sort of pop culture and, and, and sort of youth and also a sort of quite South Parky sense of humour, mm. the kendo stick became a Singapore cane right, in a way okay. that everyone would recognise what that meant. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, just, yeah. Uh, I believe the first Singapore cane that, that was used by the Sandman, the wrestler who was most synonymous with it, uh, Paul Heyman went outside to his garden and just tore off three cherry tree mm. uh, branches and then they put duct tape around it and he's like that's See Singapore what? cane yeah. and Samman was like I don't really know what, what this is and he's like well no one knows what Singapore <laughs> cane is so just use it that must be an, in wrestling that must be an untapped kind of uh, man goes abroad and raises hell and then gets punished in the befitting manner like uh, <laughs> like like, like JBL, like, <laughs> 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 like that North Korean uh, lad who that lad who that American who went North Korean stole that poster and then yeah. came back in a coma. Yeah, um, I mean less useful. Actually, North Korean defector would be a good wrestler. That would be good. Like he'd be back and he'd he'd, he'd have escaped and he you know but he wants to but then he, he heel turns and then it's like oh I'm a, I'm actually a, a spy ha ha you thought I was a North Korean defector one of the I think willing I think to the, fight for you the legitimate biggest wrestling audience of all time was for a show that was put on uh, it's so mental Pete this is this is so difficult to explain having not looked at it but it was put on I believe by Muhammad Ali and Antonio Inoki and they put it on in North Korea mm. and. And they brought over a load of American wrestlers like Ric Flair. Yeah, I've, and- I've, had, a, I've had a good read, read about this. And it's, I don't think, uh, Muhammad Ali wasn't involved, but he had, Inoki had, he'd fought, had he fought um, yeah. Muhammad Ali? But yeah. yeah kicked, kicked his legs off. Um, <laughs> but Inoki had had a bit of success putting on a wrestling show in Iraq and releasing some hostages. So he thought he could do the same trick in North Korea, which I think worked. Just that extent, um, and he put. It was in Pyongyang, wasn't it? That's it was in, right. It was in yeah. a big old stadium. Yeah, it's like yep. it like one hundred and twenty thousand confused North Koreans. What are we watching here? Yeah, and they sent over like Ric Flair, <laughs> yes. you know, who is the party. Um, <laughs> and I think I think like you know, if you, it's, it's really worth googling. Mm. There's a, there's a very good article. I presume it's like by What Culture, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. it's a really really good um, article where the wrestlers who went explain what it was like. like one wrestler like, just started kicking off. Uh, like, you know, kicking off on the bus or, or doing something. He was on a mobile phone, I think, with his... Or he was ringing his wife or something, and he, he just started slagging off, saying it was a shit old country and stuff, and he got in a lot. Of, he, I, think, was... I think the line just went dead. Yeah, I think that's, that's the yeah. story. And, it's, and there's lots of stuff about them sort of trying to leave the hotel. Fascinating. And people who they just saw behind them suddenly being in front of them, <laughs> just sort of going, you are going the wrong way, surely. <laughs> um, I, I tell you, that student who stole that poster, I'd have done exactly the same thing. Oh, massively, yeah, de- definitely, that's... I'd, I'd have been in a big old coma. <laughs> <laughs> I really would. Big daddy coma. <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> uh, quickly, number two, shall we? 
Yeah, if you want to, yeah, cool. Um, this is a, a, a three-way match, uh, another another uh, um, match style that was mm. popularised by ECW, right. uh, between Tajiri, uh, Little Guido and uh, Super Crazy. Uh, <laughs> the thing about this that's great is they come in with their huge retinues. Um, so Tajiri comes in with a guy called Mikey Whipwreck, who in the early 90s are really, you know, just a, a, a brilliant wrestler that, that changed the game really fast high flying small but took on big guys mm. he was a giant killer and he was booked really well um, he, they're also with the sinister minister there's a guy called uh, Jim <laughs> like Mitchell David Guest <laughs> yeah, he does the best thing about the sinister minister <laughs> is this is not really a gimmick so th- <laughs> the sinister minister is one of two people on this pay-per-view who were members of the church of Satan really? so they were proper <laughs> card carrying ah, nice. Satanists and oddly the other one was Balls Mahoney he actually says he literally had a card that, that was like a membership card. So you are a card-carrying card Satanist. Card-carrying Satanist. Um, Lovely. Sinister Minister, there was always rumours that he was going to be brought to the WWE in mm. some capacity. He was a very good talker, mm. and it never happened. And it seems like a bit of a missed opportunity, that one. I think mm. he, he would have been he would have been really good. You don't really get much out of him here. Um, but, again, worth reading about him. <laughs> big, big old Satanist. Big old Satanist. Um, I like when they start waving the Italian flag and they get booze. It's like, this is in New York. <laughs> Why is. are they booing it? Again, a really clever thing. <laughs> Here, where you've got you've got uh, little Guido, who is by that time known as cruiserweight as Nunzio in the mm. WWE, um, a less good name. I can't work out whether it's little Guido's got a sort of slightly negative racial connotation. I don't know, right? But he comes in with the full-blooded Italians, and the mm. full-blooded Italians are made up of a load of people who clearly aren't Italian. <laughs> so you have Tracy Smothers, who is this southern wrestler, still going today as well, right. and just one of one of yeah. the low-key survivors, great sort of Terry <laughs> Funk-esque men of his generation. Right. Right. Just a really funny, <laughs> strange, ironic hillbilly. Just really good. Uh, you've also got... Uh, you have got a real Italian in Big Guido, who is a guy who just says nothing. Um, Tony oh, Mamalu Big Guido. Well. Um, and uh, Super Crazy comes out. And Super Crazy, uh, this is actually a rematch of like a, a match that happened at an ECW pay-per-view in 1999 called Anarchy Rules. And Super Crazy was a, a brilliant... Mexican wrestler, mm. a really good luchador. He does, in the course of this match, he does a moonsault off the balcony, which is the first time that's ever been done on a WWE show. Yeah. No one's ever seen really anything like that before. Well, Mick Foley went, I've never seen anything quite like that. I was like, we've seen something quite similar with your fat ass good <laughs> fucking yeah. table, mate. Did you, did you, <laughs> and did you not watch the VT <laughs> that have been going out? Because yeah. we've seen four of them. Um, Tajiri then does his green mist that yeah. comes out. That's cool. That's the best. But um, his mouth is going to be really powdery. <laughs> I was thinking, is he going to have to go off and like drink a bit, little bottle of Evian I or something? I still don't know what that mist is. I don't know. I, I mean, d- it must be powder. It but must I mean... be something dry. Yeah. But what is it? <laughs> Why is it only wrestling Just who does it? And it's only usually like Japanese wrestlers who mm. do it as well. Poster paint. Do be... you think it's poster paint? It's got to be poster paint. You can't put poster paint in your mouth. Well, I, it's non-toxic. You put it in kids, because kids eat you all the time. Wait, I'm going to make you do this sort of live <laughs> show. I've been missed. Yeah, I like to do. He's good. And then Mikey Whipperek does a whippersnapper, which is a top rope stunner. That mm. is, that was brilliant. I've forgotten how much I enjoyed that move. Um, and it's just everything that's sort of fun and good uh, this this match here as well i mean i think tajiri and nunzio were already signed yeah. but afterwards they signed up uh, super crazy and having seen the reaction he got in this match and seeing how talented he was they immediately teamed him with two other mexican guys who they had in the roster called juventud guerrera and psychosis who we'll see in a while mm. within 2 months 
they were called the Mexicals, and they were <laughs> riding a John Deere lawnmower to the ring because oh. that's what that's what all Mexicans do. They yep. mow your lawn. Yes, they do. They uh, would complain about the way that Mexicans were treated in American culture, and they were supposed to be bad guys that you booed. <laughs> that didn't work, and they became like faces. Right. There's a funny thing in this period where you had some of the great Mexican talents certainly on the cruiserweight scene, working in WWE. Mm. And WWE had no idea what to do with them, and they squandered them. And I do wonder if those people, apart from like Rey Mysterio, look back and go, I, I shouldn't have gone there. No. I should have stayed, <laughs> and I could have had three prime years of my career not being racially denigrated and instead yeah. having amazing matches. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it, you've already got that sort of thing here as well about ECW, about why it worked so well. WWE very much the same match throughout three and a half hours, four mm. hours as we soon it's going to be seven <laughs> and uh, what you have here is you have a different sort of styles from all over the world so you start with two Canadians in Lance Storm and, mm. and Chris Jericho having a good sort of physical western style match, the next match you've got a, a Japanese star in Tajiri taking on a legitimate amateur wrestler in, in Nunzio and a Lucha Libra star in Super Crazy and one thing that people don't really talk so much about ECW because it's all seen as being violence and barbed wire and sex and sort of drugs is really the, the key to its, its success was it brought some of the great wrestlers from all over the world that you'd never seen before and it put them in that ring before your eyes. Hi. Magic. Well, I enjoyed this podcast and we'll be back uh, next week with more from yeah. ECW One Night Stand from 2005. Wrestle me, Mark. Uh, wrestle me, Peter. Just a reminder that before we chip off, of course, you've got a live show coming up. We do, we? yes. It's coming up on the Let Me Just See. See? <laughs> How big that's, is that piece of that's paper? A, that's a check. <laughs> this is a check. Um, uh, wrestle me on Saturday, the 14th of September, mm. 2019, at 9.30pm at King's Place as part of the London Podcast Festival. Mm. And I have good news and bad news. <laughs> oh, it's good news if you've got your ticket. <laughs> it's bad news if you hate us and don't want us to perform well when it comes to selling live events. Uh, there are, at time of recording, which I think is about three days before the podcast goes out, right. uh, there are 14 tickets left. Okay, so okay. if you would like one, mm. now is the time to get one. And if you're not going to get one, get, give your head a shake unless you are wearing... <laughs> A brace, <laughs> then you can't. Uh, can I have permission to do one ECW uh, <laughs> announcement to the people who haven't got a ticket? Yes. Fuck you, you g horrible twats. More red mist than green mist in many ways. <laughs> but do get your tickets, it's going to be a lot of fun. I won't swear at you if you come. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not make any promises. <laughs> Was a Stakhanov production. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.